Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Thank you, thank you, Dar. God is so good. The Bible says, He's the Word that became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. And I want us to just celebrate that today. Father, speak to us through your Word today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take our seats and look at the screens because we've got a short DVD to introduce our message. Man has worked the field since his fall, by beast or by crop, in plenty and in drought. He must tame the land or be tamed by it. The shepherd knows this well. He is a keeper. He is a guardian. He is a guide. And his flock, aimless in all their attempts, pulls him far away to chase their fickle hearts. How peculiar it is that God omnipotent would take the post of a shepherd. joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, has been born this night in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find the babe wrapped in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. A baby? A manger? In society's eyes, shepherds should not be the first ones to greet the king of kings. But isn't that just like the creator of the universe? He uses lowly people to do amazing things for his glory.
Wow, wow, wow. I wonder if that's how it really happened, eh? <laughs> Have you ever experienced something that literally took your breath away? Maybe it was the time you uh, saw a beautiful sunrise or sunset. Maybe you've had the privilege of going to the Grand Canyon and seeing the amazing um, vista there. I remember I was in uh, tr Canada many years ago and I uh, stood at the edge of the Niagara Falls and I had a divine moment where I just saw God's incredible creation. I was just transfixed for quite a while with the incredible revelation of God's nature. And so, but nothing on this side of heaven could take the place of the shock and holy awe the shepherds experienced on that night that heaven came down and kissed the earth. How beautiful is that? When it comes to the heavenly host lighting on the, the night sky and blasting a chorus of praise that proclaimed the call of Christmas, it was a call to praise our God. So today we've been doing a series on the call of Christmas. Today is the shepherd's encounter and the call to praise and worship Jesus, the Son of God. Those were the words of the angels. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those on whom his favour rests. I wonder how many angels there were. There could have been tens of thousands of them. It says it filled the sky. The glory of God came. It wasn't, it wasn't just a half a dozen we have a choir with 50 people who think's big. I remember I was in Sydney at the Billy Graham Crusade in 1979 at the Randwick Racial. There was a choir of 3,000 people singing, and that was powerful. This could have been tens of thousands filled the air. And no wonder the shepherds were over, overwhelmed and overawed. And... Uh, those were the words the angels proclaimed on the night their eternal king was and is and is to come, took on flesh and was born in a manger. As Earl Ellis describes this unforgettable holy night, the splendour of the vision is in sharp contrast to the commonness of the event. A simple manger holding the Messiah coupled with a magnificent message from the angel that was magnificent Magnified in song by the heavenly host, on earth as it is in heaven became real. Luke's gospel sets the stage of this scene in and around the little town of Bethlehem. This is where the prophecies of long ago foretold that the Messiah would be born. The ruler of the day, Caesar Augustus, thought a census needed to be taken so that updated his tax rolls could be formed. Jews frustratingly made their way back to their to their hometowns and where they were born. This degree of travel and reg registration from the highest office in Rome made the Jews furious as it reminded them of their subjugation to the cruel rulers, rulers of Rome. You've got to realise this was how God used the Roman rulers to get Joseph and Mary back to Bethlehem. Huh? You ever thought about that? Wow. That was the news of the day. But the good news is that God sends himself into our fury to bring us peace. Little did Caesar Augustus know that God sovereignly was at work through his annoying Roman decree. But God has a way of moving through the decisions of governments to accomplish his own purposes. If you're feeling furious, annoyed or downright frustrated this Christmas, take heart. God brings 
longs to insert himself into your life situations to bring you peace and give you hope. Over the last few years, some of us have been frustrated with government decisions. Do you realise sometimes God allows annoying things to bring about his divine purposes? That is a challenging thought. That he used the Roman rulers, dictators, cruel people to call a census which no one wanted to be a part of but that was how God got Mary and Joseph back to Bethlehem. Otherwise they wouldn't have travelled just before the baby was born. And God has a special way for using the ordinary to highlight the extraordinary. Three times we'll see Luke mention the common manger as the unique sign where the shepherds will find the Christ child and will be wrapped in swaddling clothes. And the splendour of the vision from the angels to the shepherds would forever change not only their lives, but also the lives of all those who would hear this good news. Let's read this story in Luke um, chapter 2. From verse 1 it says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augusta that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his hometown. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flocks by night and an angel Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear and the angel said to them, Fear not for behold I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace among those on whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that has been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for they had all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. They were the first evangelists, the first ones to declare Jesus. The message the angel had communicated to Mary and Joseph months ago in Nazareth has finally arrived. Jesus, the Messiah, was born to Mary, the virgin, and her faithful man, Joseph, who was by her side all the way. Do you know how long they travelled from Nazareth to Bethlehem? 105 kilometres. Walking and on donkey when she was days away from giving birth. Now you start to see the amazing challenge that this journey was for them to trust God in the middle of this journey. They went from Nazareth to Galilee up to the city of David just outside Jerusalem, especially, this was difficult for a woman, in her third trimester 
of pregnancy. Travelling via foot and on the back of a donkey was not the most comfortable situation when a baby boy was bouncing on her bladder all the way to Bethlehem. <laughs> to put it in stark terms. All the women are saying, well, okay. <laughs> but they made it. And their secret message from the angels soon would be expanded beyond just the two of them. The angels were about to go public with this proclamation of the Messiah's birth. Up to this point, the angel encounters regarding the call of Christmas had been one-on-one with Mary, with Joseph, and even with Zachariah in the temple, who would learn that him and his wife, Elizabeth, would have a child in their old age. Their promised son, John the Baptist, would be instrumental in preparing the way for his cousin. Jesus the Lord, who soon would make his arrival. When the angel shared the message of the Messiah for the, in the first public setting, it was not in the temple, near the Holy of Holies, nor to a virgin chosen to be the mother of God, nor during a dream to a, dream to a just man who had lived every letter of God's law. Rather, it was out in the fields to a bunch of society's outcasts. It is significant that the lowest class of society the shepherds, were included in the public announcement. God will not exclude any people from his good news. Even though shepherds were considered lowly in occupation, untrustworthy in character, and ceremonially unclean for worship, this was the group with whom God wanted the message to go public. How amazing is that? God chooses whoever he wants to And sometimes picks people that the world would think they're not qualified. They don't belong. But this is what God chose to do. What the shepherds experienced out in the fields was unforgettable, as we saw on the video. It all all but took their breath away, which is why the first words from the angel said, Fear not. Billy Graham notes in his book, Angels, God's Secret Agents, how over and over again the presence of angels was frightening to those to whom they came. But unless they came in judgment, the angels always spoke a word of reassurance or comfort or hope. They calmed the people to whom they came. This tells that the the appearance of an angel is awe-inspiring, something about them awakening fear in the human heart. They represent a presence that has greatness and sends a chill down the spine. But when the angel had quieted the fears of the shepherds, he brought this message, one forever to be connected with the good news. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Not even just normal joy, great joy. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas time. That will be for all people, not just for the Jews, not for the righteous ones or the religious ones or the ones who go to church every week. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. What an unusual thing to add at the end. And we'll see why that was a sign in a moment. As Dr. Billy Graham goes on to say in his book, the angel brought good news, not bad news. The shepherds already knew the bad news that the human race had sinned and was lost. But the angel had come to tell them that God was doing something about their distress and heartache. And he points out that the good news was not simply for the people of one nation, but for the whole world. The good news was that the Saviour had come 
In the ancient world, a saviour primarily was a deliverer from disease, from danger, or from the human predicament in the world. Jesus was arriving to cure the sin problem of humanity once and for all. The human race needed someone who could bring them back into fellowship with God because the blood of bulls and goats could not do this in any permanent way, but the blood of Jesus the Saviour could. The angel message was that God had had come, redemption was possible. This Saviour was Christ the Lord. Christ is a name that means Messiah, the Anointed One, to rule as King. In fulfilment of God's promise to David as heir to his lineage and throne. Lord is a title and name that speaks of the divine nature of the one who was born and is referenced to Yahweh of the Old Testament. Jehovah, Yahweh. The Lord had visited his people with salvation in a divine and promise-fulfilling way. And it was further validated, proclaimed and accompanied with a call to praise when the angel army of heaven showed up in the night sky over the fields where the shepherds were with their flocks. An open heaven happened. And suddenly there was a sound of an angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. Notice the kindness of God unfolding as the messaging takes place with the shepherd. First, God sends a single angel to meet with the men of the field. As they caught their breath and began to understand they're not going to die, then the heavenly host breaks into the scene and lights up the sky with their presence and praise. Had the order of their arrival been reversed, the shepherds likely would have had a heart attack from being overwhelmed with the company of those who dwell in the presence of the Holy One. But God sent the one before he sent the host of angels to follow. Isn't God good? He comes sometimes gently to knock on our hearts. And then he'll come and bring others to confirm who Jesus is. And God knows how to reach all of our hearts, whether we're a follower of Jesus or not. He knows how to strengthen our faith at this season. And God's calling us to follow after him. But God sent the one before he sent the host. Biblical scholar William Hendrickson makes the point that these angels, having been associated with Jesus in heaven before his incarnation, knew something about his glory, riches and majesty. You've got to remember these angels have dwelt in heaven with Jesus. So when they come and start singing, they know what they're singing about. And we have glimpses right throughout the Bible of when the angels sing and join in and declare who Jesus is. There's many of them, but I'll just quickly look at one. Romans 5.11 says, Then I looked and heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands. So you're talking about maybe millions or billions of them. Oh. And what are they saying with a loud voice? Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and power, honour and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honour and glory and might forever and ever. Wow. There's been times when we've been worshipping Jesus and I've been at meetings and conferences where I'm sure the angels joined in. 
I remember years ago, there was a recording of a small group of people worshipping and they were, they were recording the service and when they played it back, there was only six people. When they played it back, there was thousands of angels were recorded joining in the worship. How amazing is that? I'm sure they join in, whether you're one or a few hundred or thousands, they just can't help but exalt Jesus, the Son of the living God. And uh, God's grace was there to minister to them and through them uh, for His glory. Because they'd become aware of man's fall and had been informed that God would provide a way of salvation. We can assume that at least the very birth of Christ in a condition of hum poverty and deprivation must have caused these angels to stand in awe of God's indescribably marvellous love. There's a verse in the Bible that says the angels were amazed that Jesus would leave heaven and come to earth and then die on the cross and rise again. They couldn't, they couldn't comprehend it fully. One might perhaps say they have become informed about the Saviour's birth, a birth under such circumstances and with such self-sacrificing purpose. These angels before had seen that Jesus and they were so excited and thrilled. No wonder they sang from the bottom of their hearts, glory to God in the highest. The incarnation was a call to praise because that is what they had done as created supernatural beings in heaven from eternity. The angels desire that all creation shall praise his holy name. This demonstration before the shepherds that Christmas night made an indelible impression on these who had a front row seat into heaven. As the host returned to heaven from where they came, the shepherds said, let's go to Bethlehem and see what the angels have told us about. So when they went to heaven, they went off to Bethlehem. And they went with haste, it said, they ran. And found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Before we observe the actions of the shepherds, do not miss the detail that the angels went away from them into heaven. It's interesting to note that the way Jesus returned to heaven at his ascension is the same way many scholars believe the heavenly host returned to heaven after their appearance and concert before the shepherds. Acts 1.9 says... And when he had said these things, this is Jesus about to go to heaven, as they were looking up on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. While the angels in white told the disciples, Jesus returned one day to earth in the same manner, the phrase, a cloud took me out of the sight, is believed by many scholars to be a cloud of angels. Not just a cloud in the sky. A cloud of angels that came back from heaven's throne room to escort their reigning conqueror and king, Jesus, back to his rightful place because he'd come to be the saviour of the world. So at the beginning, when he was born, the angels came. And then when Jesus had lived, died, rose again, then went back to heaven, the angels came to escort him back home. And it says they will come with him when he comes back in the second coming. Wow, how amazing is that? I love when you see all the parts of the Bible just all connect together. It says this is the call of Christmas to worship and to praise our amazing, amazing God. A little bit more background to the story that 
as I was reading and studying, has really touched my heart. We looked at that distance of 105 kilometres. It would have taken many days to arrive. Bethlehem or Bethlehem means house of bread, the prophesied birthplace of Messiah. However, the Hebrew word lechem is a honomim for fighter or warrior. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the city of David, the house of fighters. Perhaps, and David was one of the greatest fighters in the Bible against evil and wrong. Perhaps this is why the people of Jesus' day expected him to fight the Romans and free their land from foreign occupation. Jesus fulfilled both aspects of the meaning of Bethlehem and Gethsemane on the cross where he fought the Goliath of our souls and won, becoming bread for the world. How beautiful is our Jesus. I am the bread of life. He's the warrior. He said, I've come to destroy the works of the evil one. He's a baby, but he's king of kings and lord of lords. The mighty warrior says he'll come riding on a horse in victory. So don't ever be intimidated and think, I can't cope with this. Jesus, the son, the mighty warrior, the powerful almighty God works with us and helps us. When it says there was no room in the inn, this is another little interesting story. The Greek word is kataluma. This is not an, a hotel or an inn, but simply the upstairs level of a room where guests would stay. It means there was no guest room available in Bethlehem for Mary to give birth. Since all of Joseph's and Mary's family and relatives also made the journey because of the census. So you've got to realise all their extended family would have been in town at this time when Jesus was born. So every home of a relative would have been full. In that day, Bethlehem was too, far too small of a village to have an actual inn or a motel as we would know it. All the Catalumai, the guest rooms, were occupied. It is likely that Joseph and Mary had to sleep downstairs in the main room of a relative's house. The downstairs of a village home in that day was like an all-purpose room that, that served as a workshop during the day and at night it was used to shelter frail animals, while the rest of the flock was left outdoors. The Cataluma was not a full-fledged barn or stable, but it did contain a drinking trough or manger cut in the bedrock. This was the likely place where the baby Jesus was placed after his birth. And another interesting fact about the fields where the shepherds were, it says many Bible scholars believe these fields could be the same fields where sacrificial flocks were kept for temple worship. How fitting that these shepherds would hear the announcement of the birth of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. A baby lying in a feeding trough where animals were kept nearby, wrapped in strips of cloth, became a sign of a man-saviour's life on earth. He entered the world as a lowly baby, and though he is the mighty God, he lived his life on earth in gentleness before all. The shepherds that night were possibly near Bethlehem at Migdal Edar, the watchtower of the flock. It was at the lower floor of the watchtower, the Migdal Edar, that the birthing of the Passover lambs would take place. Selected ewes that were about to give birth would be brought there. After the birth of the lambs, the priestly shepherds would wrap the lambs in cloth and lay them in a manger 
lined with soft hay to prevent them from hurting themselves. For Passover lambs must be unblemished with no bruise or broken bone. The miracle sign for these priestly shepherds would be a baby boy lying where the Passover lamb should be, in a manger, wrapped in strips of cloth. It was at the cradle of Jesus Christ that the kingdom from ancient times arrived on earth. Now you can understand why these shepherds got very excited. Now you can understand why God appeared to the shepherds who knew about the Passover lamb and how they were prepared and kept wrapped in cloths in a manger. How amazing is our awesome God. They were the few that would understand that part of the story. That's why when they saw it, they got so excited. They're running through the streets. It was night time. It says they told everyone. I reckon they ran down the streets waking everyone up. Hey, the Messiah's come. They're saying, be quiet, you noisy shepherds. We're sleeping. They couldn't be quiet because they knew what was happening. They knew with great understanding who Jesus was and why he came, and that was the supernatural sign that only they really understood. When I saw that a few years ago, I, I thought, that is so amazing. God's grace, and he reveals himself in powerful, supernatural ways. So they were so, so amazed. They realized the good news. Mary and Joseph knew the good news. Wise men came to honor Jesus with their gifts. Some Bible scholars believe these wise men were descendants of Daniel and the wise men from Babylon hundreds of years before who were looking for a sign. That's why they traveled hundreds of kilometers to come and find Jesus. I want to remind you God's always on time, even though we think he's late. Galatians 4 verse 4 says, But when the time of fulfillment had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, yet all of this was so that he would redeem and set free those held hostage to the law so that we would receive our freedom and a full legal adoption as his children. Every child has a mother, but for Jesus to be born of a woman meant there was no human father, no human counterpart. Jesus' true father is the father of eternity. No other child has had a virgin birth, born of a woman, except Jesus. All the rest of us are born from a father and a mother. The shepherds knew what they had been told, but then they had to go, and go they did. When they got there, they told all who were present what the angel had told them. Suddenly, the secret was out. It was no longer just a Mary and Joseph secret message from, from the angel. These men from the fields had been told where to find the Messiah, look for the baby in the manger, wrapped in swaddling cloths. This will be a sign, and that message is what Mary treasured in her heart. It's the mess message she pondered on because she now saw it fully. The shepherds would tell of whom they shared with everyone. And then it says they returned to their jobs of looking after the sheep. Here's another powerful thought. They went back to work after they'd celebrated Jesus' birth. At some point, you have to go back to work. The shepherds did too. Never underestimate the fact that the shepherds not only were the first evangelists of the good news, but also they went back to work. They saw the place where they worked as the greatest place to be on mission and let 
others know about Jesus. The task of the church is to make disciples who engage in every area of society for the kingdom of God increasingly to be realised on earth as it is in heaven. We don't establish God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven by remaining separated and marginalised. We take steps to make the kingdom a reality in our world by living for Christ in every sector of society in the love and power of the Holy Spirit. In other words, we go back to our jobs and schools and neighbourhoods and friendships and lives after the holidays are over and do them well as we love others well and tell the story of the good news of Jesus. He is the one who came to save us, our awesome Saviour and Lord. We go, we get to be like the shepherds, telling the story of Jesus as we go about our day and our way of life, whatever area we happen to work and live in in society. And the shepherds did so as they praised the one whom they had met in the manger. The call of Christmas for us is a call to praise and a call to go. Worship team, come on up. I'm just amazed when you look at the background to some of this story. The angels, the manger, the shepherds. Just so many amazing truths that God wants you and I to open our hearts for. And many of you have known Jesus. For some, maybe it's your first Christmas as a follower of Jesus. Just give us a wave if this is your first Christmas as a true follower of Jesus. How awesome is that down there, over the back, down the back there? Let's give them all a big hand over here. How awesome is this? Beautiful. <coughs> so when we sing the carols, when we worship Jesus, when we hear the story with greater understanding, it's so powerful. I want to pray that those who have known Jesus for years or decades don't lose the wonder, the majesty. Just a couple of weeks ago, I celebrated my 49th spiritual birthday. 49 years since I gave my heart to Jesus. But every time I come to Christmas or Easter, every time I worship, I say, Lord, help me not to lose the wonder, the amazement, the beauty that you died on the cross for my sin, that you left heaven in all its beauty and glory to come to this sinful world knowing what was going to happen. Coming as a beautiful baby, Talk about helicopter parents we have today. How do you think Joseph and Mary were knowing they had the saviour of the world in them to raise? <laughs> that would have been a faith journey, wouldn't it? Did they let him go and play soccer in case he got injured? Leave him in the carpenter's shop with all those tools? We sometimes romanticise about the Bible and forget just the reality of these people who walked by faith every day. Just like you and I walk by faith in our workplaces, in our neighbourhood, in our community. In the people who don't want to know about Jesus and others that are searching and wondering, what's this all about? Maybe you're here today and say, I've never really opened my heart to Jesus before. I've been interested, curious. I'm in church today. Maybe you're watching online today right now and this message has got a hold of your heart you're thinking wow there's so much more to this Christmas story than I've ever understood 
Every time we give a gift, share a meal, include someone in our circle, you're demonstrating the love of Jesus. You're demonstrating the beauty of Christ. This Christmas, may we be the people who carry the good news of Jesus into every section of society so all the people of the earth can hear this call of Christmas that leads to praising Jesus just like the heavenly host did on that night. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.